Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk's L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on the sharing of gig economy. L. is also the chair of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Please note, this podcast has been prepared for informational purposes and is not legal advice by the Marketplace Risk team or the presenters. The material discussed should not be construed as legal advice or a legal opinion on any specific issue. We urge you to consult a lawyer concerning your own situation and any specific legal questions you may have. Please contact us at info@marketplacelist.com, and we can put you in touch with the appropriate professional. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Al. Hello and welcome back to the Platform Podcast. Today, I am delighted to welcome Rob Chestnut, who is author of Intentional Integrity, and he is also our keynote speaker at the upcoming Sharing Economy Global Summit in London. Welcome to the podcast, Rob. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, I'm also going to talk about a couple of roles that you have had over the last decade or so that would be of particular interest to our listeners. You were formerly Chief ethics officer at Airbnb. And I know that you also spent a few years as Airbnb's general counsel. And prior to that, you led eBay's North America legal team, I believe. And you actually founded their um, trust and safety team as well. So I hopefully that that's a good summary of, of your other, um, you know, amazing roles that you've had over the last decade or so. Is that right? You've covered it. That's right. Yeah, the back at eBay in the old days, there there was no such thing as trust and safety. And it's something that we actually uh, started for the first time back in the early 2000s, just as a way to, you know, promote. You know, I think we recognize that, you know, marketplaces are in the trust business. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't uh, produce products themselves, at, but marketplaces have a responsibility I think for the health of the marketplace to build trust. But, you know, so we actually decided that we needed a team focused on that. Uh, And so it was a great adventure. So do you think there was a point, just diving in with what you just said about marketplaces, because I think that's really interesting. Do you think there was a point where the big marketplaces, as they started to get bigger and people started to realize that that model worked, that there was a point where suddenly people realized that the trust element was was so important was there a kind of you know point where suddenly people went ah okay right we need to to work on this well you know Piero Midiar at eBay I think figured it out right from the beginning you know he's the one he he started the first real marketplace I think online and when he did he introduced it with something that was you know at the time novel and that was a feedback system where you know trust would be based upon the experience of others, and in the in the early days, you know that was uh, that was enough, and and I think what what happened over time was you know as you know, the, the world we've seen in the world, there are going to be some people that that take advantage of flaws in the system, uh, and I think. We, we began to realize in the early 2000s that as good as a feedback system is, you know, a review system, a star system or whatever, uh, it is insufficient. Um, if you're running a marketplace, you need to do even more. And so I think you know, in, in those early days, we began to layer on other trust pillars, as we called them. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, insurance is a big part of it, right? And if, um, a great way to build trust is to guarantee that you're going to get the item that you pay for, which you know, in the early days of the uh, of marketplaces, uh, that was unheard of. You know, you were kind of taking your chances. Uh, but you know, we, we, we layered on insurance and you know, better payment systems, uh, escrow, uh, dispute resolution, you know, other things to help people feel confident in, you know, in their experience. And I mean, you mm-hmm. talk there about, you know, that uh, people taking their chances. I, I like that idea because the early marketplaces, that, that was the case, wasn't it? What do you think it is about marketplaces particularly that opens up the potential to lack integrity as a business as it grows. Well, you've got two. Well, you've got two uh, unknown sides, right? I mean, uh, traditional commerce. You know, you would walk into a store, and you know, look, there's concrete, there are bricks, uh, there's you know, there, there are people there. If something goes wrong, you've got some place to go uh, to resolve the problem, and you'll find them. Uh, Look in a marketplace. You know both sides are are strangers. They are there's a ge- geographical distance between the parties, and then there's this certain sense of anonymity that comes with being online. So, uh, you know, online marketplaces had to figure out how can we overcome, uh, you know, the 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 fact that people are in different cities, states, countries, continents. Uh, and the fact that, you know, th- no one really is completely sure who the other person is online. And that's what we had to, you know, had to figure out ways to overcome. And do you think that this is one of the reasons that integrity, you know, matters more than ever now, partly because people have seen big companies lack integrity and, and that has really, you know, you, you know, been their downfall, but also because we've become this global community connecting that, you know, it, it means that we have to have, um, you know, different different values and different boundaries. Is that is that the way it works? Well, I I think that, well, first of all, trust is at the the center of all human relationships, uh, you know, both personal and commercial, and and so trust, uh, I think, has we've seen it decline over the decades. In fact, there's an organization called the Edelman Trust Survey that actually measures trust, and trust is at an all-time low today. Uh, trust in business, trust in government, trust in the media. And trust is fueled by two things. It's fueled by competence and integrity. So what do I mean by that? Uh, If I believe that you are capable, then that builds trust. And if I believe in your good intentions, that also builds trust. And in a world that is increasingly connected, uh, you know, we are brought together now, you know, by uh, you know, marketplaces, by social media, you know, the internet generally, but look, even, uh, you know, COVID-19, uh, as we get closer and closer together, we depend more and more on each other and trust becomes more and more important, uh, as, you know, strangers from different parts of the world are now brought closer together. So because trust is more important, uh, integrity builds trust uh, in, integrity has become more important. Mm-hmm. 
And your book is called Intentional Integrity. And I believe it's actually a, a process that leaders can use. So can you tell me a bit about that process and what sort of companies could use this? Would would marketplaces be included? Right. Well, I think marketplaces, you know, more than most. Mm-hmm. Uh, because trust, because marketplaces, in my mind, are in the trust business. So for a marketplace, uh, having a culture of integrity is critical to success. And, and by a culture of integrity, I mean... Integrity not only in what you, how you treat each other inside the company, which I think is obviously very important, but also in how your business interacts with the world. Um, you know, look, business uh, for so long, business was focused just on one thing, and that was making money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but in the process, I think of chasing the uh, the, the money. I think a lot of a lot of businesses, uh, you know, they, they didn't worry about the carbon they dumped in the air or the how they polluted a stream. They didn't worry about you know the business practices of a supplier on the other side of the world. They were just focused on money. And I think as the world's gotten closer and closer together, uh, people are tired of that. People want businesses not only to provide a great product, but do it in a way that resonates with their values. So, look, it's not enough for an employee to make a salary. They want to work at a place that's doing good in the world. It's not even enough for consumers to simply buy a product. They want to buy a product from a company that has values aligned with their own. So what we see is a world today that is pushing hard on companies from all directions to, to make money while also doing good. Now, that, that means you know, integrity has become a double-edged sword. It, it can wreck a career if you get it wrong. It can destroy a business like we've seen, obviously, with Theranos and WeWork and the like. Uh, but if you get it right, it can really power your business. It, because in, in building, uh, in, in driving integrity or making integrity a part of everything that you do, uh, you inspire employees, you attract and retain employees who are willing to work harder for something that they believe in. Uh, you attract and retain customers. You build trust with government. So uh, there, there's no longer this difference between doing good business and doing good. Uh, they, they are increasingly now melding. And that's why the data shows uh, businesses that get integrity right outperform the market and they outperform their competitors. Do you think that the, sh- the shift towards that and towards people seeking out businesses with integrity was partly to do with the fact that it was almost like people needed to see it go wrong to know that it was, you know, a bad thing. It's almost like, you know, we, we wouldn't believe that there was anything wrong with the way things were until, you know, we saw companies maybe treating their employees badly or we saw companies, you know, um, you know, doing things that, that, you know, that lack trust and companies falling flat because of it. It's almost like it had to go as far as it could before we could come back from it. Well, I think the connectedness, uh, you know, the internet, has brought transparency to a lot of these issues and they've, it's empowered workers. Look, you know, when, look, when I was growing up, there were three news stations uh, and, and, and one daily newspaper. And that's how you got your news. <laughs> Today, each of us is our own news station. You know, we carry around with us 
in the palm of our hands a camera crew, and it's called a cell phone. And, and we do a broadcast every time we post on social media. So, you know, with this unparalleled transparency, I think has come um, a, a lot of scrutiny, right? You know, as, as the world now can get so much data at its fingertips <laughs> and employees, look, employees are empowered by their, by their mobility. Yeah. I was look when I was growing up. My dad, you know, when he went to work, he thought he was going to be working at the same company for thirty years, and that was going to be his retirement and his gold watch. Today, employees are working at a place two or three years, mm-hmm. and I think th- this empowers people to speak yeah. up. They see things, right? They have choice, and their voices will be heard rather than feeling like they're just a a sort of drone in a in a hive. Yeah. And they're demanding that their voices be heard, uh, and it's coming through loud and clear. Uh, and I think that that certainly raises the stakes. How do you encourage leaders to engage their teams, their leadership teams, on the concept of intentional integrity? Well, I don't think it's so hard anymore. Uh, all you have to do is simply point uh, point to the news and say, look, and this is, by the way, what inspired a lot of our integrity work at Airbnb. We looked down the street at Uber. <laughs> Literally right down the street from us, and we could see how the company was was struggling uh, mightily with integrity issues in the light of the Susan Fowler uh, you know, blog post, uh, allegations of you know sexual harassment uh, and the like. Uh, so you know, it, it was it was easy for me to get into a room with the other leaders at Airbnb and say, "Look, we've got very clear examples right down the street of what happens if we don't." work think about this issue yeah you've got to be intentional about it you know integrity simply doesn't happen naturally you know it's like a garden you you know you you tend it you've put some effort into it and the rewards can be you know significant but if you simply assume it uh and don't don't talk about it that's where you get yourself into trouble you've worked for some what are now considered to be unicorns, aren't they? These size of these businesses. Do you think it's possible to grow a business uh, into a unicorn and keep your integrity? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at Airbnb. I, and by the way, integrity doesn't mean perfection. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're always going to get things right. Uh, and it also doesn't mean that everyone is going to agree with everything that you do. Um, look, in, integrity is something that is informed by your life experiences, by your upbringing, by your socioeconomic background and the like. So two people can look at uh, the exact same business or the exact same issue and come to very different conclusions about what integrity means in those circumstances. But I, I think integrity is about having a North Star, uh, a, a North Star that is about you know, doing good. Uh, profit is not purpose. Your business needs to have a reason to exist that's good for the world. But if you've got that and you make decisions that are consistent with promoting that that mission, that North Star, uh, you know, for me, that's integrity. And uh, in my mind, you can't be a successful business without having an understanding of uh, what your purpose is and how that has to inform the decisions that you make every day. 
Have you ever had an experience where you've worked with a business, obviously you don't need to name names, where you've had the feeling that, you know, there this this integrity, you know, even can't be um, trained or encouraged or, you know, that, that, that it's not the right people and they're, you know, it, you can't help them. I mean, it, or is it, do you feel always that there is room to be able to, encourage um a business to to move forward with that you can always encourage it but i I think the integrity starts at the top and if the at the very top of the company leaders aren't committed to acting with integrity then you know the business in my mind is flawed and it's going to at some point run into some serious trouble so yeah sure of course i've had situations i i do um i do talks i invest you know, I advise companies, and I've had situations where, you know, I've ultimately come to the conclusion that, you know, look, the, the leader is not a, not focused effectively on doing the right thing, and sure, that, that those are businesses I uh, I distance myself from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you, when you watch the news and you see reports and you know particularly maybe Silicon Valley and tech news and obviously you know it's great to read about some of these businesses that have you know come into the news because they get a huge investment round and you know it's fascinating isn't it I bet watching that would be extra interesting for someone like you because you can probably get a feel for the way the company is being operated and the type of leadership there are and, and almost um you know privately get out your crystal ball and and feel like you maybe can see which way they're going down the the uber route or or more of the airbnb route i've seen some you know I've, so I've been, I've been in meetings with some with some companies and left with that impression uh, and look it doesn't uh, I, I think that there have been companies that are uh, that have had success, but not the level of success that they could have um, if if they had focused more on integrity uh, in in the way that they do business. So, uh, but look, I I think if you don't focus on it, the world is going to push you very hard in that direction, and uh, your I think your long term success is going to be impacted. Have you seen examples of companies who have actually turned themselves around as well? Um, how, how does, you know, does, does that happen and can that happen? Sure it can. Look, I'll take Microsoft, for example. I, I, I would say that Microsoft did not always uh, act with uh, great integrity you know, 20 years ago. Uh, but uh, I'm impressed with Satya Nadella and what, what uh, he's done at Microsoft to to help build a company that not only you know makes some great products and is very successful financially now, but is clearly very focused on very forward-thinking policies, both internally uh, in the way they treat employees and externally in the way that the company uh, thinks about climate change and thinks about water uh, and the like. So um, I think you can make a ch- uh, you can make those changes, but that. That, I think, requires a level of change at the top of the company. A lot of our listeners and, in fact, the marketplace risk community are are startups, some of them early stage, some of them, you know, scaling. Um, But to these really early stage startup teams, 
where they have a brilliant marketplace idea and they are really trying to get all their trust and safety and their risk management set in place, which is why, you know, they've attended our events, that type of thing. You know, what would you say to them about this? And what do you think the book itself, you know, can communicate to someone who is really at that beginning stage um, about integrity and how they can weave that into the foundations of, of their startup? Well, you know, the early days, that's the time to do it. You know, Hewlett and Packard, Bill, you know, Hewlett and Packard, when they were in a garage, they were thinking about this and actually wrote it into their their initial plan. So it's hard to turn a company around from an integrity perspective once it's gotten big. Because, look, the, the people you hire, you know, it, when you've got 10 people working in, in the proverbial garage, they're going to each hire 10 more people. So if, if you haven't talked about it with the initial 10, you haven't made it a part of the way that you want to do business, you haven't made it a focus in the kind of employee you want to attract, then pretty soon you're at 100, and then you're at 500, and then it's hard to, it's like putting toothpaste back into a tube. <laughs> um, and look, again, this idea of a purpose the purpose of your company is something that you've got to have figured out right from the very beginning because it is going to impact every significant decision you make. So I think when you're founding a company, you've got to put a lot of thought into what the North Star is. And then you've got to have that North Star uh, guide your decision making right from the start. Otherwise, you're heading off in potentially the wrong direction. Yeah. And then maybe trying to sort of retrofit a purpose onto a company that you know, and that's just not the right way to do it, is it? No, it's hard. <laughs> so, you know, because you, 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 attract, you attract the wrong investors. Mm-hmm. You attract the wrong employees. Um, you, you, make, you make some decisions that are harder to undo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right from the beginning, figure it out. Uh, I, I think it, it actually will put you on a better course for long-term success. Um. In the last few minutes, Rob, tell me a bit more about the book and what what your goals are for that. I know you've got some book events over in the UK, which is obviously where you're joining us at the Sharing Economy Global Summit, which is next week at Lloyd's of London. So what? tell me what, what's happening with the book and, and if you had some great feedback on it. Uh, the book's been such a joy. And I wasn't... Um, it wasn't anything that I was ultimately planning to do, uh, but I uh, the, the reaction inside of Airbnb to our integrity program was striking, and it um, and it really led me to you know to to think about sharing you know what our experience was with other companies uh, because a lot of companies aren't doing the sort of things that Airbnb did to put an intentional focus on making integrity part of the culture. Uh, you know, the, look, the book uh, just came out in paperback a couple months ago. It's been so well received. You know, it was named one of the top 10 business books of the year by Inc. Magazine, for example. Uh, it, it, and the, the most striking thing for me is uh, it's become a global book. Uh, I've done you know, talks around the, around the book uh, Literally in you know, South America, you know, all over Europe, Asia, and the like. So there's strong interest. It's not simply a book that is uh, focused on uh, you know, American mm-hmm. companies. Like it's 
it's something I think has struck a chord around the globe, which has been really gratifying. Well, and it, it totally fits in with what exactly what you've been, you know, you've been saying about why, you know, why this is so important, um, why this integrity is so important as we become this this global community. Um, so it's, it's rightly so that your your book will be um, hopefully popular in every continent. And um, we can't wait to welcome you at the, the Sharing Economy Global Summit. So t- tell me in, in just um, a minute or so why um, particularly, and um, we're very glad to have you there and welcome you, why particularly you, um, you're you joining us there and what interests you about this particular event and this space? Well, I love marketplaces. You know, like we talked about earlier, marketplaces have been uh, part of my career uh, ever since the early days in eBay. And dealing with, you know, with risk in marketplaces through trust and safety at eBay uh, is something that, you know, I look, I deeply believe in. I love marketplaces as a business. I believe that, uh, you know, fostering trust is critical to the success of marketplaces. So you know, anytime people are getting together and talking about building trust in marketplaces, it's something I enjoy doing. Brilliant. Well, you're certainly coming to the right place. I'm sure everyone will want to grab you and have a chat after your keynote. And we look forward to seeing you in London next week. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast, Rob. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk. Tune in next week for another podcast.